Hello and welcome to this podcast series on Herbert Smith Freehill's Global Bank Review. The overarching theme for this year's Global Bank Review is trust and in this episode we will be considering how the use of AI in the workplace has challenged the traditional relationship between employers and employees in the banking sector, in particular with regards to trust. In the UK at least, the foundation of an employment relationship is built on mutual trust and confidence. Anything that undermines that trust warrants discussion, and that's what we will be talking about today. I'm Jelly Andrews, and I'm an of counsel in the employment team at HSF. I'm joined by my UK colleagues, Sean McKinley and Chris Jones, both senior associates in the employment team, who will help spur the conversation around these topics. We've invited our colleague, Tyler Hendry, from the employment disputes team in the HSF New York office to weigh in where these points may align or differ from the focus in the UK. We all regularly advise banks and financial institutions on tricky employment issues in this area, and we're pleased to be talking to you today. So let's jump in. Sean, can you tell us what the focus of today's session is in a bit more detail? Of course. It's clear that the use of AI within the workplace has drastically increased over the past few years, including in the financial services sector. According to a 2019 study carried out by JobScan, 99% of Fortune 500 companies said that they used it at some stage of the hiring process. And more recent research carried out by Harvard Business School suggests that 90% of employers across Germany, the United States and the UK are doing the same. The use of AI technologies, both internally, i.e. within the workplace, and externally, i.e. to enhance customer experience and the like, is now top of the agenda for many banking clients and a board level issue. In 2020, the Economist Intelligence Unit carried out a survey which found that 77% of the bankers surveyed were of the view that the ability to unlock value from AI will be the difference between success and failure for banks going forward. In addition, with the recent popularity of generative AI like ChatGPT, there are more ways than ever that AI technologies can be used in the workplace. However, this emergence of AI within the workplace can have a considerable impact on the relationship between an employer and its employees, particularly when it comes to the mutual trust that underpins the employment relationship. So this this podcast will discuss this relationship of trust with reference to three key scenarios which arise throughout the employment journey looking at how AI is used by employers and considering both the authorised and unauthorised use of AI by employees. Thanks, Sean. Chris, can you tell us what, in your experience, employers and employees are typically using AI for at the moment and what effect those uses are having on the employer's relationship with their employees? Thanks, Jen. Of course, um, as Sean was just saying, we, we see AI as having three main buckets of uses in the day-to-day workplace, all of which have application across the banking, se- banking sector. Um, I think it, it's worth highlighting at the outset that the UK use cases could be sort of far wider depending on the particular workplace, um, and particularly as AI in bank is maturing and developing quickly. But these are sort of the three key buckets that we generally see those use cases falling into. Uh, the first one is that it could be used by an employer in various ways in relation to its employees. So, for example, it could be used in employee monitoring for various reasons, including for sort of regulatory compliance. Um, research suggests that over 60% of larger employers are using monitoring technology to track employees. And in reality, it's likely that figure is even higher in the finance sector, given the use of monitoring for regulatory compliance purposes. Um, 
that's likely to increase even further, we suspect, in the banking sector, given recent drives from many banks to get employees back to the office more than they have been since COVID so far and to use AI to monitor um, where they are and, and whether they're back in the back in the office. It can also be used to monitor things like electronic communications. It can be used through programs like time capture or even filtering candidates um, in an interview. It can also be used, um, this is where the use cases just get really, really broad, is that it could be even be used by banks to monitor or provide insight into whether employees are happy at work. But for example, it could be used to monitor communications of employees and highlight changes in employee behavior um, that might suggest they're more or less dissatisfied with their with their workplace. Some banks are using that information to improve employee enthusiasm and engagement, particularly given that lots of material issues that arise for banks, such as data leaks, often arise from more disgruntled employees. So being able to monitor and improve enthusiasm and engagement is, is a risk management tool. So that's the first bucket. Um, the second bucket, as, as Shah mentioned, is employees can be encouraged to use AI technologies in an authorised way to support them in the discharge of their role and their responsibilities. So, for example, they could use it in the creation of marketing or advertising or other creative writing products. They could use it in the drafting of job descriptions or recruitment adverts or to better service clients. And for example, you could use AI to identify a product that best suits the needs of a particular client or to prepare reports for clients in a, in a time efficient and cost effective manner. It can even be used in an authorised way in providing its control to prepare first drafts of performance appraisals, mid-year feedback, annual compliance assessments, investigation reports, those kind of things that can be very intensive written exercises. So that's bucket two, it's used by employees where that's authorised. You've then got the third bucket, which is where it could be used by employees in potentially unauthorised ways. So that's, for example, by inappropriately inputting personal data or confidential information or commercially sensitive or copyrighted information into an open source product to produce first drafts of work products without the employer being aware of that or being aware of the employee's reliance on AI. Um, it could also be that an employee relies on AI to produce a piece of work but doesn't check it for accuracy. What we mean by that is essentially an employee uses AI to create something in a way that potentially could be authorised, but doesn't check the output and blindly relies upon it. Now, banks, like any employer, must be able to trust the output of their employees and trust the work that's being produced. And the necessary part of that is ensuring that your employees are vetting whatever assistance it is the AI is providing them. You know, in that respect, the employees are the guardrails on the use of um, AI. And you know, no doubt listeners will have seen and we've seen in the press noise about how that can, what happens when that goes wrong, including in the, in the regulatory context. And there could be significant regulatory and reputational consequences uh, where that goes wrong. Um, there could also be a significant breakdown in the employment relationship if you get to a position where an individual or a group of individuals are relying on AI to produce a particular work product but are not checking it and so the bank cannot trust the output that's being produced. Um, when ChatGPT first launched, for example, um, it 
was it came with a health warning that ChatGPT sometimes writes plausible sounding but incorrect and nonsensical answers. Um, you know, that's sometimes known as hallucinations. And employees clearly need to ensure that they carefully vet the work product produced by the AI to ensure its accuracy. Um, I mean, and the final point on that um, before I hand back is that research continues to show that regulatory concerns around the use of AI technologies are top of mind for banking executives. And there's a real need to balance the competing demands of the efficiency um, that tech and emerging tech and AI can provide and those regulatory demands and make sure they sit well together. Thanks, Chris. That's really, really interesting. So turning to the first use case, employers using AI um, uh, in relation to their employees. Sean, uh, what sort of issues can that throw up? Well, it's a key aspect of healthy relations between an employer and its people, that employees understand how decisions are taken, on what basis, and what is being done with their data. And so the use of AI may be viewed with suspicion by both trade unions and employees. And in particular, we see this in the context of employee monitoring. So a recent study from Prospect, and this is from June 2023, only a few months ago, found that workers in the UK were deeply uncomfortable with the subject of AI being used as part of employee surveillance at work, but also with the use of AI in hiring and promotion decisions. So the survey found um, some really interesting results. Um, 59% of workers were uncomfortable with keystroke monitoring. So that's tracking how often and how quickly an employee is using their keyboard. But as much as 79% were uncomfortable with camera monitoring, so recording when an employee is sat in front of their home computer. 71% were uncomfortable with electronic tracking, so wearables, wearing a trackable device to monitor where an employee is, which might sound um, like that would be quite invasive, but we often see this where, for example, there's lone workers who are working by themselves and it's necessary for health and safety to have an accurate real-time picture of where that employee is and how they're doing. And then finally, 62% were uncomfortable with the use of AI in hiring and promotion decisions. What's really interesting about this, this survey is that it suggested 45% of workers believe they would not be consulted by their employer about the introduction of AI or be involved in decisions related to the introduction of new AI technology in the workplace. And it's interesting to speculate as to whether or not all of those um, figures are linked and is there an advantage therefore to transparency and collaboration if it leads to an increase in trust in the workplace and potentially fewer challenges? And just jumping in briefly from a US perspective here, I, I think that most workers would certainly express if asked that same level of discomfort with monitoring. Uh, but the reality of much of the last few decades of employment in the US is that employers are often not fully transparent at all on what is done with employee data and what specific monitoring is being undertaken. And employers are generally under no real obligation to be transparent. So it really is on the employer to decide in the US. Um, the standard practice has been to include a very broad disclaimer in a handbook that essentially says employees have no expectation of privacy and may be monitored while on all workplace devices. And that really has been the norm for disclosures in the United States. Um, now, this is slowly, slowly, slowly changing as a few states are enacting laws that increase privacy protections for employees. 
California, for example, but these are only a few states and the U.S. is still lagging very, very far behind when it comes to data privacy regimes. And, and both those points are really interesting. J jumping in again from, um, say, coming this from a UK perspective, I think this is a, this is a general comment, um, is that if, if implemented successfully, organizations can really bring people along with them um, regarding the use of AI, and, and they could do that by demonstrating the benefits and, and addressing the concerns. I mean, and that should do two things. One, it should reduce the prospect of challenge following implementation, but also it can demonstrate you know, how actually AI can be a real enabler in the workplace. Um, there was a recent paper by um, MIT, I think, which um, found, you know, rightly or wrongly, that, that workers with the, the least experience in their particular roles may be the one may who may themselves be more likely to fear the introduction of AI, actually perhaps have, can take the most benefit from it in the sense that AI in, in those roles, if used correctly, can actually enable uh, individuals who may not have um, the skills of others further up the further up the organisation to actually perform really important and 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 really to contribute to the to important roles and contribute to the to the organisation. Um, and I think the other point is it's not only the unknown that employees fear in the context of AI; it's also that they want you to be transparent in the application so that employees being scared that the use of AI technology will mean that their performance or poor performance is called up more quickly um, and could lead to, to job uncertainty. Um, employees may often worry about AI being used by employers for improper purposes and in ways that are not explained to them. If you, if you aren't transparent with how you're using it, that vacuum can be filled by assumption that you're using it in other ways that perhaps you're, you're not. Um, so, for example, an employee could tell an employee could tell an individual that they are monitoring keystrokes as part of an energy efficiency program or the like. Um, but in fact, that data that's captured for these purposes are then used to help frame decisions around promotion because the employer believes they demonstrate who's working the hardest in the organisation. Now, that may absolutely not be the case, but if you have an information vacuum, those concerns that may arise cause a breakdown in trust lead to the employees becoming suspicious of their employer and that in turn can lead to employee disengagement um, and morale issues. That all having been said, I think there does, there does need to be some management of expectations of employees about the level of engagement that they're going to have with their employer about the introduction of these technologies and whether, they're, whether the organisation is informing about the introduction of any particular software or is consulting about it. You know, the, the, the former is we're just telling you and we're giving you information, we're being transparent about how it's going to be used. That's informing. The latter consulting is that we'll not move forward with the implementation of a piece of AI software without active agreement for from employees or their representatives. Um, does an employer simply need to tell staff they're using the AI? Or do they need to consult with them in a collaborative way about the AI, how the AI is going to be used? There's obvious difficulty with the latter, with that in intensive, potentially long consultation process, because the technology itself is advancing so quickly, uh, and often at the hands of third-party software providers, uh, not the employer, 
and employers themselves may not necessarily have clarity over how a piece of AI technology works when it's being upgraded. So it can be difficult for an employer to meaningfully consult with its workforce if itself doesn't have a sufficient understanding of how the technology works. Um, the, the other point linked to how fast this is developing is that there's a risk that if an employer does decide that it's going to consult with its workforce about a piece of AI technology, or even if it's going to inform them, what it's told them on day one of that process could be obsolete by the time the consultation process ends. That's the speed at which this technology is evolving. So that's also a, a difficulty that has to be managed. Thanks, Chris. I can see that a lack of transparency over the use of AI in the workplace could, from a practical perspective, significantly increase employee relations issues from an employer and potentially cause reputational risks. Sean, are there any specific legal considerations as to why an employer should tell its employees about its use of AI? Well, the short answer is yes, for some jurisdictions. It's really interesting that Tyler said that there's not a general requirement in most states in the US because for the UK and for other jurisdictions in Europe, there is generally a, a legal requirement for transparency about how employees' data is being used, as well as a general requirement for transparency if employers are looking to introduce or carry out, carry out monitoring in the workplace. Um, and in addition, a recent survey by The Economist found that most banks agree that the complexity and risks associated with handling personal data for AI projects can often outweigh the benefits to customer experience. And the same can be the case when AI is used for the benefit of the employment relationship because of these risks associated with the processing of personal data. So does that mean that the organisation needs to be operating the AI technology over the data which will be caught? Well, I mean, it's probably self-evident, but employers collect so much personal data and specifically special category data about employees on a day-to-day -day basis in a way that just doesn't happen sometimes in respect of customers or other users. And that is increasingly the case given the drive for colleagues to bring their whole self to work. And the issue in the AI space is that when AI technologies are used for a particular purpose, they can be applied to and run over a really extensive data sets. And in doing so, they can inadvertently capture special category data, either that the employer has no right to process at all, or no right to process that data for that particular purpose. That sounds quite abstract. So let's, let's take an example. Let's take an investigation. An employer needs to look at what is being said on its team's messages. That can be a huge data set. So the employer asks an AI bot to achieve these efficiencies, to review potentially thousands of team's messages, to look for certain information. For example, if someone is talking about, in the employment context, a potentially unlawful team move. But that bot may need to review sometimes quite deeply personal and unrelated issues in a Teams chat that colleagues may have thought was private. So, so for example, something like my treatment is due to start next week, so sorry, I can't come in, something like that. And the key for clients will be understanding what data the bank or the other financial institute is dealing with or could potentially be dealing with in each particular case and what that data is being used for. 
So AI is often used, we find, with the best intentions. So in the financial services space, everyone may be familiar with the FCA's drive in the UK to improve diversity at senior levels and on boards. And companies might use AI to either gather diversity data or to make decisions around diversity once the data has been collected. But where the da diversity data is incomplete, particularly if diversity data is captured on a global scale, and we know that there are cultural differences uh, across jurisdictions to the collection of diversity data. In those circumstances, AI technology might make assumptions based on the information it does have, which are ultimately potentially tainted by bias. And so, for example, if there's a disparate impact on certain groups, an employer could have significant difficulties if it attempts to use, as part of its justification for that different impact, data which is itself tainted by bias. And this, just in, in all situations involving potential discrimination, can perpetuate historical and systemic issues. And it doesn't have the desired effect of improving diversity, which would have been the principal purpose of using the AI. And, and we've been looking here at what we sometimes call analytical AI and analytical AI technologies, but reliance on generative AI technologies to summarize information, for example, for the purposes of drafting appraisals or summarize meeting notes, that can itself lead to a breakdown in trust because of fears potentially from employees. The AI technology has not accurately reflected the subtleties of these discussions and nuances and tone. So, for example, employees might be concerned that the AI tool lacks emotional intelligence and so won't really be able to appropriately capture um, accurately the uh, human interactions between the employee and whoever they're meeting with. And that in itself can lead to employees feeling undervalued and under-respected, potentially uh, from a sense that their employer can't be bothered to carry out the, the tasks themselves. And that's going to be particularly the case where the employer has relied too heavily on the AI tool and not checked whether or not it accurately reflects discussions with employees. Employees are potentially able to lose trust in their employers if they believe that there's an over-reliance on AI. So for example, we may have all seen in our emails or in our instant messages um, technology we see at work that chatbots can suggest replies to emails efficiently and um, potentially to thank employees for a particular piece of work but does that impact on the sentiment of an email does a thank you mean less if it's been generated as an automatic response and another example we see in the hiring context is the use of psychometric testing with employers being accused of being overly reliant on such testing and not considering the myriad of other ways in which it might be able to assess the suitability of a job candidate. And this may lead to resentment or mistrust or suspicion, but as we've seen, particularly in the UK, that testing, psychometric testing, continues to be used as part of recruitment exercises, given the very valuable time savings it can provide to employers. It's probably worth um, adding that in the UK in particular, the Trade Union Congress, the TUC, um, appears to be similarly suspicious of the use of AI in the workplace and how it might impact on employees going forwards. And as a result, has recently announced that it's setting up a task force to examine the threat that AI poses to workers' rights, including considering questions on bias and potential, potential perpetuation of discrimination. And one aim of that task force is to produce draft legislation specifically in a workplace context to protect workers from risks associated with AI um, 
with a, a potential publication date of next spring. And it may be that employees' trust in their employer's use of AI technologies will increase if they consider their employer is working within the bounds of updated legislation, as opposed to what has to be accepted as a, a fairly disjointed legislative framework currently, and which may not be fit for purpose when dealing with the complexities that the use of AI throws up. Obviously, it remains to be seen whether draft legislation will actually go through Parliament successfully to become law. And a big question is how the government would look to legislate for the ever-changing nature of AI. As Chris mentioned, um, what we understand as AI can very quickly become outdated. So it's a valid question to consider, would a regulatory framework be guiding principles? W would that provide bare minimum protections? Would that work best? Um, would that give regulators the ability to change things at speed if AI develops? Or would that make legislation itself very quickly become out of date? And and I think this is certainly a, a very big issue in the United States because regulators are still trying to wrap their heads around exactly how to regulate AI and hiring and employment decisions and any potential bias in these AI programs. If it's any indication, uh, the one law that came out in New York City took about a year and a half to even finally get passed. It kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Um, because no one exactly understood what it meant. And now that it is finally final, if you read any sort of publication from even employment attorneys, many of us don't know exactly how to interpret that law or how to, how to comply with that law. So it is very difficult. We expect that um, this will be refined more in the upcoming years as more areas and jurisdictions attempt to regulate AI. But right now, it's still very difficult difficult to understand exactly how to comply with these initial laws on AI. Uh, and also, just one very brief point back to what Sean had mentioned is on psychometric testing. Because of the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, which generally prohibits any kind of medical testing in the hiring process, unless it's actually necessary for the position, we generally don't see psychometric testing as much in the United States because some of it may fall along the line of what's considered a medical examination. Uh, and it's very difficult to say that under current U.S. law that this form of testing is actually necessary for most positions. Uh, so it's just not something that we see as prevalent in the recruiting in the United States. It's clear that it's the use of the AI technology itself and the use of the data input into that AI technology, which can lead to a breakdown in trust between the employer and employee, particularly where the employee isn't aware of how the AI is being used, what data could be processed through the employer's technology, and the impact that that could have on the employee themselves. But clearly there are steps that an employer can take to try and mitigate those risks, including ensuring greater transparency and collaboration with the workforce. So. Chris, we've talked about how employers can use AI in the workplace and the impact that that can have on employees. What about when employees use the AI technology themselves when undertaking their duties? You mentioned both the unauthorised and authorised use of AI earlier. Can you tell me a bit about the authorised use first? Yeah, thanks, Jen. So the, the authorised use is sort of the, the, the bucket number two that we were, we were talking about. And, and you might think that authorizing the use of technology wouldn't have an impact on the employee's relationship with the employer uh, because it's just approval to to use it um however even where an employer 
authorizes the use of AI. That's unlikely to be complete carte blanche to use it however you like. There's likely to be some restrictions on that. So employees still need to proceed cautiously. AI can help simplify and manage processes within a bank. And it's clear from recent press reports that many banks are piloting the use of generative AI in their processes. But as we were saying earlier, it's important that the employees ensure that there is the right level of human intervention with the use of any AI so that the tools function to the best of their capability and enhance and make more efficient the person doing the doing the job. But that those employees doing the job continue to operate within regulatory constraints. Uh, and, and on that topic, to assist with that, um, it's important that employers put in place appropriate training programmes, protocols and, and policies for staff on the use of AI in the workforce, particularly where the AI technology is authorised for employees. If in products are rolled out without any training or any appropriate training, that risks employees inadvertently misusing the AI product because it's interpreted as carte blanche to use it in whatever way might, they might, may find helpful. Um, that in itself can lead to a breakdown between the employer and the employee. If an employee is subsequently brought to task for something that wasn't made clear to them was wrong in the in the first place. Uh, and and Sean will um, explain this in more detail later. A, a clear communication strategy with staff will be key to ensure that colleagues are aware of the various permitted uses of, of AI, what their employer's expectation is as regards to the use and the risks that they may fall foul of if they go outside those permitted uses. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, well, we talked earlier about the need for employers to be transparent when using AI, which could impact on the workforce. Is there the same requirement for employees to notify their employer when they use AI to carry out their duties? For example, if an employee uses generative AI to do a first draft of their work, do they need to tell their employer? I, I, I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting question. It, and it sometimes comes back to how you see um, AI. You know, it's, it's one that employers are certainly having to grapple with more and more as the use becomes more prevalent. I mean, there is a genuine question as to whether an employee's performance can be accurately assessed if they've, if they've used AI to produce their work, but haven't told their employer that they've done so. Um, I mean, some might argue that assuming the use of AI is permitted, the employers simply use the tools available to them to carry out their role. There's no need to specifically own up to the fact they have used AI in a permitted way um, to help with any particular piece of work. You know, much in the same way that an employee wouldn't disclose that they'd use a calculator to carry out a certain financial analysis rather than done the calculations manually with a pen and paper. Um, or to use another example, if an employee at a bank uses a more junior colleague to help them with a piece of work, do they always acknowledge them? And does that impact on any subsequent performance assessment? Um, the question of that question of attribution specifically uh, in the context of AI becomes an interesting one. Um, a recent publication from a Harvard Business Review suggests that AI won't replace humans within the work in the workplace, but the humans who use AI will replace humans who don't use it arguably because they will become more efficient. You know, it's, it's much in the same way that employees who historically may have dictated letters to be sent in the post um, have been superseded by people who use email and are the people who use email perhaps in the future going to be superseded by colleagues who respond to email with the AI generated prompts that Sean was just discussing. Um, that might lead us to argue that employees shouldn't be obliged to tell their employer 
that they've used AI to assist them with a piece of work, providing they've done that with tools that the employer is aware are available to their staff and are approved to be used in that way. Instead, they should just simply be judged on the work product itself, however that's been arrived at, providing it's authorised. It's the output of the, the task that is key, not the effort or the tool that the employee put in or the tools that the employee used to get there. Um, that being said, on the other hand, most people would argue that it wouldn't be appropriate for students to, to student to submit an essay to a teacher if it had been generated with AI. Is that any different in the in the work context? Should an employee be rewarded for a good piece of work that they had very little hand in producing themselves? Is that fair to those employees in the workforce whose roles don't lend themselves to using these AI tools and therefore they're, be, they're, they're being judged in their role when they don't have the same rules to, to perform it? Um, I, I think in reality the answer to those questions is going to be very different if an employer has in place a policy which requires employees to be open with their managers about the genesis of any piece of work. For example, to explain if they've used generative AI to produce the first draft and what steps were taken to amend the first draft and check its accuracy. Now, some employees might even look to make changes to the AI generative, generative work product so that they can hide the fact that they used the AI technology to produce the first draft in the first place. Where the initial work product is perfectly good, should employees be wasting their time making changes just to hide detection? It may, might be said that what an employer is concerned with, as we were talking about earlier on, is that it can trust the output. So providing the, the employee has checked the output and has not blindly relied upon it, providing it's perfectly good, one might say, what's the problem with that? Thanks, Chris. I mean, the question of whether employers need to know about the use of AI is certainly an interesting one. And, and I think it will be um, interesting to see how things develop as firms' protocols become clearer. So just finally turning to the third bucket that we mentioned earlier, we've talked about how AI could be used by employees in an authorised manner. But what about where AI is used outside of those permitted bounds? Our starting point has to be a recognition that the unsanctioned use of AI is a relatively common occurrence. Um, a recent survey from February 2023 from Fishbowl found that 43% of professionals were using ChatGPT for work-related tasks and 70% of those are doing so without their employer's knowledge and that's just the ones who responded to admit to it. As we noticed earlier and we talked about it, there are often privacy and regulatory concerns with the use of AI technologies, and in particular, the use of programs which are open source, i.e. they're publicly available and free on the internet, as particularly these technologies tend to learn from the information that they that is inputted into them and by definition have to retain the information that's inputted into them. So sensitive client data, information about individuals, employee personal data may inadvertently be uploaded or inputted into it as a result of staff using these technologies and staff may not even be aware of that. Another recent survey, this one carried out by CyberAven, suggests that 11% of what employees are pasting into ChatGPT is confidential or sensitive data. And clearly this can amount to a conduct issue if people are using unsanctioned programs or employees are putting personal data or confidential data into a sanctioned program 
but in a way that's contrary to the rules within the organisation. And this can have quite far reaching consequences, particularly for the banking sector, if the unauthorised use of AI puts uh, the employee in breach of their regulatory obligations, and it can also have legal and regulatory implications for the bank. As Chris mentioned earlier, first, an employer needs to have rules in place. There needs to be a clear policy which sets out the rules on conduct, i.e. what is and isn't permitted. And we also need to have rules about the consequences if the policy is breached. It needs to state clearly what is going to happen if employees do something that they can clearly understand is wrong. It's corrosive to trust in the workplace if employees are punished for conduct which they didn't readily understand that what they were doing wrong. But this then leads us to the question of what should these rules be? What are the ground rules? What is and isn't permitted or what should rather and shouldn't be permitted? And the speed at which AI is evolving, the explosion of use cases, makes policing what AI is used for really quite difficult. There are some things where it's obvious that AI should not be used, but it's next to impossible to create a complete or exhaustive list, or at least create a complete list that's not out of date the following week. What we are seeing in the best policies is policing how AI can be used rather than trying to police what it's used for. And what we mean by that is placing clear rules around what can be fed into AI. So, for example, there should be no personal data of employees or clients or policies that state no confidential um, data or commercially sensitive data ought to be fed into the AI technologies. An employer's policy might also include a list of permitted use cases to help guide staff. There are use of examples and a requirement in the policy so that any new use case needs approval. Essentially, what employers want is to make employees consciously consider whether the data they're inputting into the AI tool is confidential, whether it's sensitive um, and, and whether what they're doing is approved. What you also, though, don't want is to stifle innovation. You need to be careful that any policy you're introducing isn't going to slow employees down and cause a bottleneck, particularly if use cases develop quickly. And finally, from my perspective, employers need to have a real think about how they will identify whether the policy is being breached. Are employers comfortable in relying on entirely reactive methods of identifying breaches, for example, complaints? Or should there be monitoring about the use of these technologies? Should there be technological solutions to restrict the use of these AI technologies? Thanks, Sean. Tyler, is that is the position the same in the US? It's a little bit different here. And I, again, I think this speaks to the world of at-will employment in the United States, where you don't necessarily need a concrete violation of a policy to terminate employment. And as Sean said, that might lead to a corrosive workplace in some instances, but that is sort of the reality of, of the US employment laws. Um, so it's not as common to see very detailed conduct rules in the United States. Um, they're generally, and this is across the board, not just in the AI context, a lot of times the conduct rules are more broadly stated. Um, so I would expect in the US, similarly here, there would be very broad statements about how inappropriate use of AI should not be performed and then it really is left to the employer to have some subjective interpretations of what they deem to be a misuse so i don't expect to see as detailed of conduct rules as uh sean was explaining in the in the uk thanks that's really interesting 
I think that's probably where we're going to leave it for today. So I'm going to say thank you to Sean, Chris and Tyler for all your input. I'm sure we could keep talking uh, for much longer and no doubt we will uh, over the coming years. But uh, what is clear from my perspective is that AI is being used uh, increasingly within the workplace and the financial services sector and that it, it offers many um, benefits and efficiency gains. However, there are also risks associated with its use that clearly impact on the trust and confidence that forms the foundation of an employment relationship, whether that be employee fear of the unknown, fear of being caught out, fear of the improper use of AI, or fear of AI tools being tainted by bias and therefore being discriminatory. Some of those concerns can clearly be properly addressed head on through greater collaboration and transparency between employers and employees and the existence of clear rules and policies regarding how the AI tools and the employer's, employee's data can be used. However, at present, there is likely to be little that an employer can do to eradicate the fear that employees have of being replaced by AI. It will therefore be, in my view, important going forward for AI tools to be used carefully so as to maintain strong relationships and trust levels between employers and employees. If any listeners have any questions coming out of the podcast today, please do contact me or any of the other speakers and we'd be happy to answer your queries. Do also head over to our Global Bank Review website where you will find other podcasts and articles exploring the theme of trust within the bank sector, including a broader look at AI and other burning issues such as scams, funding net zero and operational resilience. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye.